assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh thank you for tuning in to this episode of the radiant woman podcast if you are enjoying the podcast and you haven't subscribed what are you waiting for please hit the subscribe button now so that you get updates on when new episodes drop inshallah i also ask that you leave your reviews share with your loved ones and also follow our other work at nisaba that is n i s a b W-A-H on Instagram. Back to today's podcast. This particular episode has been in my archives since May 2022. Can you believe it? You know, um, I struggled so much with the recording. We had a lot of network issues, distractions, disturbance on the day of recording. And I eventually, you know, had to request that we re-record in August But upon listening to both versions, I felt that the initial recording, which I am releasing today, um, was more real. And my guest also agreed with with me. So I am taking this leap of faith, and she's also taking this leap of faith with me, to release this episode, Imperfections and All. And I plead your indulgence in listening to it as it is. Right? Um, I know that the audio might not be as crisp as... Um, other episodes but please you know try to enjoy it as it is who knows maybe in future i might release the second version who knows anyways let me introduce my lovely guest on this episode mariam baba muhammad aka beautiful butterfly mariam is the founder of women in leadership initiative Wheelie Africa, an organization founded in 2016 on a mission to fight for justice, equality, and empowerment of women and youth. She is also a trauma therapist, a nurse, an entrepreneur, and an avid reader. Mariam is such a joy to behold, and her participation in politics in Nigeria is so admirable. We talk about her childhood, education, marriage, and divorce experiences and how it has shaped her in this episode titled Evolving to Emerge. By the way, I didn't have to think too much about the title because it was literally given to me on a platter. This is how Sis Mariam herself views her life journey. So beautiful, if I must say so myself. Without much ado, let's get into this conversation. Bismillah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Sister Mariam. Thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you for, you know, agreeing to speak to my audience, share your story. I mean, I'm excited to be here, although with our tech wahala, but alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for joining. I'm happy that you're here and I can't wait to get into this conversation, um, inshallah. All right, so I think the first time I came across you, and for everyone here, I think this is one of the many blessings of social media. So I know there's a lot of, you know, um, bad rap about social media, but there are a couple of good things that can come out of it, right? So I I met you on Instagram, and I think the very, the distinct uh, situation was, I think when I had a giveaway for the exercise tunic, and you you put in for that giveaway, and I think you you and another lady won the giveaway. I remember you sending in like your review and pictures and you know just shouting Nisava Aparas out and it was so beautiful to see. You even sent me a picture of like you on a bicycle. So <laughs> so that was that was yeah. beautiful to see. Um 
thank you so much. Thank you for the support. And I think from there, we just, you know, like your pictures, like mine, you know, just exchange a couple of comments and all that. And But I have been watching you. And that brings me to the point. Please, if you need, like, if you're trying to jumpstart your fitness journey or you need a modest workout wear, please reach out to me on Nisaba on IG. We have them available now. We took a break, but we are back on. So just in case, I just thought to chip that in um, quickly. Anyways, but yeah, hope you're still with your tunic, sis. I am. I am with my tunic. And I'm sure anybody that will order it will not regret. Like, it's so comfortable. <laughs> and um, Islamic compliant, you're not going to feel like uh, you're not all covered. It's not comfortable. I, I use it outside. I use it at the gym. I use it outside. In fact, I brought it here to the UK with me. <laughs> Yay! Mashallah, mashallah. And I, I'm sure it's going to last you for a long time. Quality, I, have... yeah. I love the quality of the material. So I've been using mashallah. it for a year now. Mashallah, mashallah. Thank you so much, sis. Thank you. So, yeah, please reach out if you do need one. All right, sis. Um, let's get into this conversation. We have a lot to cover and, you know, yeah, I can't just wait to hear all about So, I mean, when I first had the talk to bring you on the podcast, right, um, I wanted to really, because I was just in awe of, of your, care, should I say, carefree attitude, right? Not in a bad way, but in a way that is, like, endearing. And because for someone like me, I've always been, like, the party pooper, like, the mother hen, you know, that kind of thing. So, it was so refreshing to, you know, always come across you, you know, you're just so joyous, so carefree, so courageous right and um yeah so i've watched you share some of your wins your losses you know and all that and it's just so interesting to see so where did that attitude come from that has it always been have you always been like that or did you was it over time you know i always laugh when you say carefree attitude i'm like like this when people see me they're like this girl ain't got any worries <laughs> yes exactly and in my head i'm like seriously like you seem like you don't have any worries but i do know that of course as a human being there will always be worries right so just that's what i'm just wondering like how are you able to still bring up yeah. that kind of attitude just because it's so well doesn't mean that it's not heavy but then mm. i ha- i have a mantra that uh, every day is a new day Hmm. And once you leave everything in the hands of Allah, he'll show up yeah. for you. Hmm. So why worry when it's out of your control and out of your hands? And then you got to live each day as it comes. And hmm. it didn't come like I, I, I keep singing my mantra every day. Oh, it's a new day. I'm awake and the sun is shining. You know, it's raining. Oh, Alhamdulillah. I'm healthy. I can breathe. I'm not running. I'm not going to the hospital. I have something to yeah. eat. So generally, yeah. contentment and gratitude. Mm. That's really what what um, brightens up my day. Talking about gratitude, right? This is something, I think I posted something recently, maybe a few months back, right? And I said that gratitude is something that we know we hear all the time. It flies around on social media, in our circles and all that. But I also find, at least speaking for myself, up until last year, I feel like it was something I was just paying lip service to. And it took me um, being ill 
to actually appreciate, you know, the gift of life and, you know, the gift of those little things that we take for granted. So do you, would you say there's a particular, maybe a few tips or tricks that you have employed in your life that has helped you to build up that gratitude um, muscle? I'm such a bad doer in the sense that when I put my mind to something, I really get it done. Really. Okay. By the grace of Allah. So there are a lot of things in my life that like um, they come and they don't happen. So at a point, okay. asking like, why don't they happen? I'll, I'll keep that thing written that there is a reason it doesn't happen. Then sometimes, most times I feel bad that I'm not able to attain that. But then afterwards, mm -hmm. shows me like if this had happened, this would have been the consequences or this is not good enough for you. There is something better for you. Mm -hmm. So, and I got to understand as small as our breathing is very, very, is something to be grateful for. As small as the food on your table is something to be grateful for. Until I became asthmatic, that is when I knew that breathing is very, very important. Like it's something mm -hmm. we're having for free. And until I had insomnia, that was when I got to understand that sleeping is a privilege. Really. It is for you to sleep without any pills or anything. So I think there was a time I lost my sleep for like two weeks. And when I went to my gratitude journal, I wrote that the day I slept, I was so grateful for having a good sleep. So every day in my gratitude journal, when I sleep and wake up, I write that I am grateful for a sound sleep. And when I don't sleep, I'm like, Allah, please, uh, please grant me sleep. Something as small as that, as small as not having headache for one month. No episode mm -hmm. of paracetamol. You understand? So those yeah. doesn't have to be the big things. When you thank him for the small things, big things come into play. No. So that's no. great. Yeah, Mashallah. Absolutely correct. So, I mean, I guess it's, you know, trying to actually journal, you know, some of those things you are, you are grateful for, um, you know, regularly. And it generally doesn't have to be anything grand. Right. It's just, you know, you could just be, you could, I use my, my notes um, on my phone, right. Because it's just easy to, you know, um, keep up for me. But some people, you know, you can just have like a, a jotter or something where you write stuff regularly. And, you know, those things just, they, they remind you of stuff. You know, there are sometimes you look back and you're like, Oh, really? Like this actually happened. Cause it's very easy for us to forget as human beings. But yeah. Um, yeah. It took, it, it took me a long while or I, I had to go the, the hard route to realize, you know, to really embody gratitude. And I think it's the same thing for most people. Maybe when we have like a health care or something, or maybe we lose someone or something before we, we truly really um, start uh, embodying gratitude. So may Allah make us amongst those that are grateful um, all the time. All right. So tell me about growing up. How was childhood for you? You know, um, and what would you say were the experiences that impacted you the most, both good and bad? Oh, childhood was really a roller coaster for me. Um, mm. I didn't grow up with my parents. I grew up with an uncle. 
and mm. we have five girls uh, of almost the same age. And then we have elder sisters, like three of them also. So, so not growing up with my parents, you know what? Not growing up in the house, in your own family house means another thing. Yeah. But then, yeah, it was all naivety. We didn't, it didn't matter that there was a difference or any other thing. But then it, it was really a roller coaster. And hmm. up till secondary school, that is when growth and everything started falling into place. Honest, I love my childhood. I love that that's where, because um, I wasn't with my parents, I wouldn't have been open-minded. I wouldn't have been having a lot of insights. Um, I wouldn't have grown over my own age. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were home and pampered and all that. But then leaving home made it that I am responsible for a lot of things. I have to think before I say something. Honestly, at adult, uh, at childhood, I wasn't as carefree as I am now because um, okay. I have to think about what I say. I have to. And I, I couldn't decide for myself. The decision was made on my behalf, on all our behalf. I think that's what... Mm enjoy I didn't enjoy childhood because um I wasn't self I wasn't self aware yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. as should be because I mean I think we're children we're growing right so yeah. I mean yeah all choices were made for me a child yeah. honestly as small as um what I want to wear uh as small as follow of what I want to use and all that I couldn't give choices but then it's a beautiful childhood. I will say it and mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't have asked for anything better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but what it gave me is sense of responsibility. My childhood gave me that. Being responsible for just for myself. So I can say alhamdulillah mm-hmm. childhood, honestly. Alhamdulillah, And um, if you want to piggyback, um, do you, when you said you were five girls, do you mean from your parents or it was just you that joined your uncles like children? Yes, yes. We are all random. <laughs> we are random. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> all random. So five. Parents not, what happened? Was it that your parents were not um, around or what, what happened exactly? Why did you have to go live no. with someone? Yeah, there is this thing in northern Nigeria that um, okay. an uncle or um, yeah. uh, a father's friend or okay. a patient or a wealthy man in even the community can decide that I am adopting this. <laughs> They're going to be staying under me kind of thing. It's practice. In really? Yes. Yeah. Subhanallah, so I a- never knew that. <laughs> Don, you know, this kind of, there is Kara, they call it Kotsi, that um, we're all, yes, we're all families around. Out of friendship, you can, friendship makes a bond more than even a family. A a neighbor can Mm -hmm. decide on your, it used to happen, but now because of a lot of societal negativity and so much, it it doesn't really, it's not really uh, practiced now. Mm -hmm. And decide on your life, take pick you up from your house, send you or bring you into his house, teach you, um, empower you, and so many things. It, it's done so much in the 
in the north for us. So my wow. uncle just decided me and other other homes, and then yes, I think his daughter he had only one daughter. Mm-hmm. So the four of us were were just randoms. <laughs> <laughs> It's the way you said the random for me. <laughs> yes, oh, I, I'm at the random. Like, okay, we're we're kind of co- we're all connected and really somehow related, but then it's not mm-hmm. from him. So we yeah. all agree of okay, I came here, he came, you came, and we just found ourselves and then we became family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and are you yes, still like- in touch with are you still in touch with um all of them now? Yes, yes. I always laugh at uh, at that kind of setting up. Like you just wake up and find yourself. My mother um gave back to five girls. On the other hand, I'm not even as connected mm-hmm. to my own siblings as I am connected yeah. to the siblings <laughs> that we're yeah, which is yeah, which is expected. Mm-hmm. Um, differences come up, and then so many things happen, and then you get to another cycle of life. Wow. So what would look like? We're just random strangers and then became siblings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is so, so, so like it's it's amazing to me because I grew up I grew up with my brothers. Like I have three elder brothers and I'm the only girl. So I grew up we grew up together. So I can't even really imagine, you know, and my parents were very, should I say protective in the sense that they didn't even like to know we know when it's time for like holidays they would rather people come to our own home than for us to go you know to other people's homes even if it's just for like two weeks or something so it's really um, interesting hearing your perspective but from from growing up would you say that um I, I wouldn't say is it a practice now or would you say yeah would you say that that practice is the best for a growing child, at least from your own perspective, from your own experience, do you think you would have preferred if you had um, lived with your parents or, I mean, or maybe it was just different variables in there anyways? Uh, I'll say something. Um, my, my foster parents, uh, they, they really tried uh, mm-hmm. with discipline. You know, um, five and then we we are like eight girls and other people around the house a house of like 20 30 there is mm-hmm. a limit you can do especially in tight uh, in deep connection with the with the child yeah yeah and there is a limit it's a, it's just one mother and one father you, you get it you get her so it's not easy to um one mother mother's like 20 children and one father father 20 children so you could know that attention and you know it's much growing up i love that i learned a lot of things Mm -hmm. but the the connection is not there really yeah yeah that that's um experience Mm. yes that experience i see my my young young uh, my siblings with our mom and I'm envious. They could do a lot mm-hmm. of things. You, you could see them like all of them. You know all this. Uh, I don't see them doing secret things. I don't see them like they're all open and careless. And there could be anything right before our mom and all that. You understand? Mm-hmm. Growing up for me, 
we had to be careful. That's why I, I said, like, maybe that's why I'm rebelling and I'm carefree now. Free now. <laughs> uh, I, that, has, that is warranted. Please, I, if that's so the about case, parenting, uh, about parenting, um, it's good for a child to have motherly and fatherly uh, love. But then, mm-hmm. that happens and circumstance happens. It's not the end of the world. Children do well. Mm-hmm. I am doing well even when I didn't grow up with my parents. You understand? Yeah. To minus. Mm-hmm. Take everything with regards to faith. It depends on the dimension you look at it. You can feel mm-hmm. like you're the most abandoned person and you can feel like it's a privilege from Allah. Yeah. No. No. So it's always how it's always the perspective, it's always how you, you view things. I think I read something recently where they said that it's not what happens to you, it's um it's a matter of the thoughts that you you know what you think about what the scenario that matters, right? So something can happen, but it's just how you process it that really matters. Mm. Exactly. It takes me to how I became the person I am. Because yeah. um because um we're different, there's a competition of you being your best. Mm-hmm. You understand, you know that it's about your what you bring out of yourself that determines even position kind of in the home. Yeah, so, the attention that you are giving as a child as well. Mm. Yes. So um for me that um enabled me to focus on in school because like I need to make it like uh, it's not an option for me and mm-hmm. even um, moral wise like I'm like yeah. I need to be in the behaviors mm-hmm. because yes that penalty for every action anyway <laughs> and in, in action <laughs> every in yeah. action you know when you there is a penalty for that so you need to be in your best behavior you need to and I think from childhood, I remember my foster mother will say, I have lots of guts and I'm very confident. So when I'm doing mm-hmm. something in childhood, I have to ensure that I'm able to defend it and I have my why, why of doing that. Mm-hmm. So from that, um, I guess all that, like, okay, out of all the kids, you're the one that could go and meet mom and say, this is it. That is it. I want to do this. I want us to do this. You understand? Yeah. So I, that shaped me to become the person I am now with more courage. I get a no, but I still strike that, okay, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Even new, I'll still go and ask, even if I knew the answer would be a no. Hmm. So, and sure. in reading books, it gave me another open mind to still ask, even if you're you never get it when you don't ask yeah you never know if it's going to be a yes so why not just try anyways yes. you give me nine nine no's i'll still ask the 10 time with the hope that one of it is going to be yes the 10th one is going to be yes mm-hmm. so yeah my childhood the person um i am today honestly because there was a competition, there was um, it's a battleground kind of, kind of, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yes. So Alhamdulillah, 
Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Uh, you spoke about books. You spoke about books. Um, are you an avid reader? Um, what kind of books do you like to read, and how how much has books? Um, how much have books like really influenced your the trajectory of your life? I think um, I, on a scale of ten, I'll give classroom two, <laughs> and I'll give uh, books eight. Honestly, what I've learned in books is way beyond. Um, and that's why I uh, we have a free community library via my NGO, mm. Women Initiative. Because of what books have done to my life, I had to open a free community library with all genres of books in it. Mm. It's really impacted my life in the sense that it has shaped me. It has made me to even, as in, I, I pass, I break walls to move. So books mm. have done to me um, so much that I don't even know how to explain it. But mm. I'll tell everyone, read, read and read and read and practice when you read, not just read and drop it. I read motivational, yeah. self-development books. So those are non-fiction mostly, but fiction once mm. in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why my life, I read <laughs> <laughs> I should have read some fiction books, non-fictions, and then motivational self-help books. Those are the books I focus on. I love biographies because I love to see people who have, uh, from successful people. Yeah. I love to take from their lessons. I love to take from their mistakes and don't want to do it again. Yeah. Mm. Mashallah. I mean, I, I I know that there's like a bad rap. I know there, there are a couple of people, even when I was growing up as well, I didn't like all these um, personal development books and everything because I just used to feel like they were all fluff, like, oh, they'll just come and sell you, you know, all these lofty dreams or you can be this, you can be that. So I think for a long time, I actually, should I say deflected, I rebelled that I don't want to read any of those type of books because I just felt like it was all fluff and all that but i mean truthfully they have i think when you read read with an open mind yes i picked i picked a lot of things i remember watching oprah winfrey and i remember seeing that there is something we share in connection with oprah winfrey i and i was just writing it, it my my auntie sees and listens to Oprah Winfrey, but then I hide to watch sometimes, even during my exams. I'll hide and mm-hmm. watch up. But then I set up a standard that to be this woman, you have to be successful. You have to work hard. Yeah. I said that. When you look at James Clare, when I read James Clare, Atomic Habits, yeah. I knew that I drop some things to make it work. Hmm. I read Anthony Horowitz. I read his book. I knew that I have a certain pattern I need to follow. And by Allah, all these things come true when you dedicate them. They are not story. They do happen. No. This went through them as, as they wrote it. I'm like, I need to even write my own too. Because they yeah, so... do. when you believe the universe will align for you. So believe in 
believing is the key thing that these things do happen and i believe they do happen yeah our beliefs literally run everything that we do right and i think being able to believe even like as in terms of our faith you know just believing that there's someone up there right is so critical in the way that you know we view things the way we live our lives and all that so believe is very critical and you know i'll just encourage everyone right some of these people that do all this motivational stuff i mean some of them are all fluff but there are a couple of them that are quite genuine and i think pick the message you know apply it and see if it works right and for me i always say that when i read books right maybe biographies or or biographies or even like random like personal development books they even draw me closer to allah they make me see my faith in a different light because it just you know solidifies that whole that oh everything that they are saying i can find it in you know islam it's just you know they probably have phrased it in another way and i'm able to now see a pattern and merge it together and for me that's just beautiful so i mean if you're out there listening to us and feel like oh maybe all these personal development books and all that are fluff um i'll just say that you know have keep an open mind and read whatever type of book you want to read i read all sorts of books right read just read because it's very very essential and it just does wonder to human beings really reading is is amazing it's amazing mashallah <laughs> thank you thank you for sharing your you know your experience with um reading right That's so is say keep the good uh, keep and take the good from it i remember reading vox vox is a um, feminist kind of book and says a lot of mm-hmm. things to go deeply into it but for me it has another way of in-depth thinking and all that it has a lot of things that islam is against but then there was a, a lesson i picked from it that really it has also engineered my life so in every book yeah. you pick the good and leave the bad in exactly yeah. exactly absolutely absolutely and there's nothing you know i don't know if it was a quote or something but i do know like oh like as a muslim it's not everything that you have to say oh it has to be a religious book it has to be this pick like you said pick what is good there's no wrong way to get knowledge but of course you have to be careful about where you are getting your knowledge from but you know pick what is what is good that you feel like okay is in conform, um, conformity with your beliefs your value systems and leave the rest you don't have to agree, agree with every single thing right so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. alhamdulillah all right so let's talk about faith since we're even talking about like religion and all that let's talk about faith so there has been a lot of you know instances where people lose faith i know a couple of people that you know they are currently in the phase of you know i've lost faith in islam or i don't even believe that there's a god right and um did you have you ever gone through because i know that i went through that phase as a child um, maybe in like my late teens where you know i came from a very religious home my mom was christian my dad was muslim and he wasn't practicing until you know later on in his life so it was just like oh you wake up one day and you're like okay i'm muslim my children have to be muslim right and all this while you know i have gone to church that's what i knew so it it, it came up with that stage of rebellion where i'm like you know what 
I don't even know this religion you want me to to practice, right? So I had to literally, I rebelled for a couple of years, then had to kind of come to my own understanding. And I can't even tell you that right now, um, sometimes, you know, your iman goes low, goes high, you know, but what um, would you would you say that you have gone through that phase where you kind of questioned yourself or you had to relearn Islam for yourself? Absolutely. Um, I remember growing up, I felt like okay because I, I grew up in a in an Islamic background. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's an auto auto thing for you to to know to to be a Muslim. It's automatically, automatic. yeah. Whether you know it or you don't know it. So you watch, mm-hmm. sometimes you watch what the people do, then you call it Islam. And then sometimes, yeah, we go to this Islamic school and then mm-hmm. you're taught automatically what even, um, what is part of in the Quran and sometimes even the culture is taught to you as really. But then I got to a stage where, where um, I left, I left for school in Sudan. Sudan is an Islamic country, but then it's okay. not like it's not like um, Islam is practiced compulsory and different. You understand? But I'll tell you, I still found Islam there. I decided to start on Islam. Is this the religion I even want to be? Like there is so much that is mm-hmm. said about Islam. That I don't even. Know. So I started by even learning good manners. I started by learning mm-hmm. um, how to perform wudu properly. So I was like, for yeah. the 20 my life, I don't mm-hmm. even know how to do the proper Islamic way. I had to relearn yeah. and then reaffirm my faith in Islam. I was wearing niqab and hijab. Okay. Yeah. And um, I was at that stage. When you're talking about Iman Flock Street and the the slate. Mm-hmm. I am at yeah. that. I was at that stage. I wore the niqab and the hijab, and I was so convinced because I read it myself that hijab mm-hmm. and niqab are obligatory, mm-hmm. and that's you know, like I am with those people that says it is obligatory. No. Even though at the stage now I am not wearing my, but everything with Allah that it is and everything about iman is that you keep praying that you're steadfast yeah so again back to you know faith um why do you in your own opinion why do we why do you think that we get to a stage where we start to question is it do you think it's like a natural thing that happens to everyone at some point in their life where you know even though they have known this religion for for years they just start to question why do you what are some factors that you think might contribute to that knowing allah and being born in islam they are two different things it's truly you embark on a journey to know islam and allah and you reaffirm your faith to islam and allah you will mm-hmm. not question it wherever you find your I have mm. been hardly heated and tested by Allah. To my knees, I have been there. Mm. And I knew I was tested. And I, I did not have an option to question that. Is this the Allah that loved me? 
is that loves me is this Allah that created me that is putting me in this in, in this side because earlier I have embarked on a journey of knowing him fully and who he is and what Islam is all about hmm. so I'll tell anyone that really you need to find Allah look for him know him hmm. reaffirm your faith in him in whatever circumstances you find yourself it will not your faith will not be shaken because hmm. you will definitely know that you are not alone and you are only being tested and it has yeah. a time test has a time frame yeah so is that question it maybe one is that um they didn't go to find the religion themselves they hear it from others yeah. that is why you will see that some reverts especially foreign reverts um mm-hmm. more and firm in the religion than we are yeah because we're inherent we just find it like we're like in northern nigeria we just find it that we're automatic inheritors of this religion we just inherit mm-hmm. it okay my that's it i'm a muslim so i don't even need to go and research on it i don't need to the little i hear from from um scholars it's enough for me yeah not yeah. even scholars so, the ustas in your local yeah. environment <laughs> yeah. yeah so i'm saying please take it upon yourself to look for allah find him and reaffirm your belief in him by allah mm. everything will fall into place and you will not question your belief even when you are in deep of the ocean no no Absolutely, sis. And I think, I mean, for me, it's the we go back to the word of Allah. Allah has already told us that, you know, if we seek him, you know, if we run to him, he's going to run to us as well. So I think it's just, what are you seeking? Are you seeking the truth or are you just going, what kind of attitude are you even going, going in with? You know, you can be looking for something, but you're looking for it. You're looking for things to nullify you know, it's, or are you actually seeking the truth? Are you being said, okay, this religion that I'm looking, um, I'm having doubts about, I really want to seek the truth because those are two different things as well, because your mind will search for, you know, there's sometimes you are reading the Quran and the message is not even clicking to you, but then again, you're in a different um, frame of mind. Maybe something has happened recently and you're reading the Quran and, you know, the message, it seems as if it's, Allah is speaking to you like directly so it, I also believe that it's the frame of mind you're going in when you're reading the word of Allah you know you need to go in with a very open mind a mind that is actually seeking for truth and inshallah you know Allah guides whom he wills um, you will get to be the answers that we all need Allah. Uh, you know that's why I'm emphasizing that you should know Allah you know sometimes when I'm so happy, I know I, I remember I blow kisses in the air because mm. I, I, <laughs> and I, I start, everywhere i start blowing kisses you know why because of how why? much i that he watches he sees he is closer to me than my jugular vein he is there mm. he, he's everywhere allah is everywhere you don't have to see allah is up above the sky allah is below the, the earth allah is by the side allah is in the clouds he is everywhere he hears you. He ha- his promise is true. And it shall come to pass. Ask him. He's closer to you. 
talk to him. He is with you. You know, all these things when I remember, you find me when I'm happy, I blow in the air. When I'm crying and I'm like, Allah, I know you're watching me cry. You need to make me smile. I speak to him. Hmm. So knowing him and finding him will help you across this life, like, and reaffirming your faith and believing him. Mm. Um, Alhamdulillah. So when I was scheduling this call, or rather this conversation, you mentioned something to me. You know, you, you mentioned that you are divorced. And I was like, subhanAllah, I never knew about that. And I find that this is something, I feel like I've been under a rock or maybe, I mean, everybody's in their own bubble, right? But in my own circles, you know, I don't find a lot of that. But I do know that it's something that is quite um, common. I do know someone else that, you know, is divorced. And I know it's not the easiest thing. So, you know, do you want to hear what your experience like? Um, what was what was it like for you? What was that experience? I know there are a lot of, there's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of... <laughs> what did you say? I, I wanted you to forget this part. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not going to forget it because I know that it's something that, I mean, um, maybe due to how vocal people are now or maybe social media, I don't know what it is, but there's more talk about divorce, right? It's not something that is new. It has been happening since, you know, forever. But I think maybe growing up, we didn't have a lot of that. We didn't have a lot of conversations around it. Um, so, you know, knowing that, okay, you have gone through this process, um, it will be lovely to you know hear what your experience was like i know that you said you've been i think out of it for a while now a couple of years so i think you're in a better place um, um alhamdulillah but it would you know it would be nice to hear what the experience like was for you anyway i married early i married is it early not so early 23 it's 23 early it's we tell so you we tell you <laughs> okay not too early not too early because to be honest i married at 23 as well but i I, sometimes i say that i was lucky because i literally did not know anything right but But funny enough i would have loved to marry at 18 because i see me grown up with my mom and she's all (laughs) she's all joy and she has us adults and all that i would have loved to marry early and but I don't want, I, I I wouldn't have loved that. I was so naive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm. what actually happened um, to me was that I married early, and there is this thing I was. I'll tell people: um, be true to yourself. We can marry for all the right reasons. I see um, uh, women saying they want to marry, especially we practicing sisters. That's mm-hmm. keep saying we want to be a very practicing brother that was the dean and all that. Please mm-hmm. be a practicing brother, look for his character and attitude. It's different mm-hmm. to have knowledge. You don't know if he's practicing with attitude, also. It's different to have knowledge of Islam and it's different to practice what Islam says. It's mm-hmm. really sweet song than it is in the heart. Hmm. So when you when you are making choices, that is before the marriage. They say there are red flags. Honestly, there are red flags, and do not ignore them. Just because hmm. he believes 
Allah on the last day and you're like, the red flags are going to take away. If he doesn't fear Allah before the marriage, he's not going to fear Allah after the marriage. Hmm. And if it bugs you before the marriage, it's still going to bug you after the marriage. So hmm. it's not something that you say, I'll ignore, and then it's going to be all, all of that. Do it is being said that you should fear someone who fear you should marry someone who fears Allah because he will fear Allah with regards to any judgment on you. No, I'll still say look at the person's mu'amala, how he behaves with other people, bring up issues, his relationship with other people. And the highest thing now and these days, please put things on the table. Do not hide it just because you want to show him like you are a practicing Muslim and that you don't like money. Mm. If you know it's just and you're going to look for money and you're going to grow in your career, tell this man that you're ambitious and you're going to look for money and you're going to bring it, that you're going to break your back to reach your goal. Let him know and hear. And if you know that um, certain things are not something you can do. I remember even before marriage, I said I don't like washing clothes. As small as yeah. that. <laughs> laundry. <laughs> I mentioned that. So look at compatibility. Compatibility is very, very important. For me and my ex-husband, we, we had compatibility issues. And I think I didn't realize that what an ambitious person um, goal oriented yeah um, until, until I think he re- he even realized it before me before you did <laughs> I am I'm so fast decisions and actions I'll take a decision now and then um, I want to act it the next second so I am mm. like four step I yeah. because he, he would want us to take a decision now and act it next month. Mm-hmm. So you see the difference. Yeah. So there are a lot of um there came a lot of incompatibility issues, and then um parents come in. I- I'll keep saying because I come from northern Nigeria, but wherever you please learn to solve your your uh, learn to solve your problems. In you. I've learned that after like five years of divorce, I'm able to mm. understand that. Um, make decisions within yourselves and without um, letting anybody in and make judgments, things that suit you, not because something that suits another person. So I think also my first realized that um, I am an ambitious person. I will be an ambitious or goal-oriented person. They decided mm-hmm. that I'm a total housewife hmm. <laughs> after after nursing school. All that they decided on my behalf and all that. So honestly, that didn't sit well with me because I thought mm-hmm. I have offered to the community, even with the health health um, system wise. I didn't yeah. realize. That do a lot of things that I'm doing now but then was that so amicably in court uh, we had the divorce divorce is not nice nobody wants it nobody plans to get into marriage and then get divorced no it's not 
it's not uh, something one plans. But I'll mm. tell you, it's not the end of the world when it happens. It is part of your journey. You wouldn't do some things. Allah could easily make things happen even when you are there. But then the process um, of refining you for you to evolve to the person that you're going to be mm-hmm. might along with a lot of prizes. Mm. So you just need to trust Allah with the process. It's the most difficult thing because till tomorrow, the stigma attached mm-hmm. to worse than you can ever imagine hmm. so see i see that some people don't cannot even talk in the community they cannot even correct anybody in the community because they are divorced some people can even write in their homes i remember my early days of divorce it wasn't easy for me you understand you go back to your siblings and your siblings now they are all grown you cannot even talk to anyone they feel you guys are mates and all that it's hard it's mm. horrible mm. and she's around the next minute gathering everybody's asking when are you getting married when are you going back to your house when 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 Mm-mm. and that is where self-awareness and growth comes from please mm-hmm. go and look for who you are and mm-hmm. a role and I, I i i went literally into almost two to three years depression Subhanallah. and i could not even take on like you 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 wouldn't even want to do any relationship you block everything and i remember going on three jobs so that i don't even have time for any other thing but then, about it. yeah so slowly i started i went um i took i went for therapy i took therapy courses mm. i started taking courses until i became mm. a therapist myself to help people out of trauma into self-development and counseling as well mm. so those stages are the most stages please look for help look for help do not be begging around look for support where you can look for and then look, even get to know yourself before you even get to start like marriage or jump into another marriage. Hmm. You are tired of home and don't commit suicide. Whoever is talking or talks, a lot of women are going through the same thing. They will not tell you. But then hmm. because divorce is pronounced, because it is called divorce and others are staying in abused marriages, they'd rather stay hmm. in abused marriages than get divorced. Because they don't want to be called divorces. Hmm. So, and that is why we're having suicides today. That is why we're having a lot of mental illness today. You know. Please, no. anything is, your, your sanity is not condoning, flee from it. It's not the end hmm. of the world. And there is something hmm. people don't understand. While you are in abusive relationship and you don't seek help, you don't seek a solution with that. It makes you to even go against your own iman. You do things that Allah is not happy with. You will resent hmm. that. Some even have extramarital affairs. Some will even hurt other people with your tongue, with your eyes, with your heart, with your mouth, everything. So why stay in that while you are also jeopardizing your accuracy? So we need to have a balance. It's 
the end of the world. That's what I am seeing. I'm seeing it. Mm. Worst mm. is not the end for you. It could be the beginning. I have never been successful as I am in my life, in career, in attainment, closeness to Allah. Than I am now. Hmm. This is heavy. This is quite heavy. So, <laughs> thank you for sharing this. So, you mentioned, you know, a lot of stigma. So, I was going to ask, do you, five years on, do you still experience that a lot from, you know, people from, like, your community and all that? Or do you think, you know, maybe they have forgotten or they've moved past it just as human beings do, right? And uh, um, in terms of in terms of looking forward, um, do you, I know you said you kind of did like three jobs just to, you know, not think about like, okay, maybe having a spouse or whatever, but are you hope, Are you hopeful now? Are you now open to that now? I remember, <laughs> it's even funny. I remember I lost my friends, uh, very, very dear friends because, yeah. Because, because of the divorce? Yeah. <laughs> and wow. I but uh, people closing their doors, um, you know, when I we have appointment, we're meeting, and then I'm told, okay, I want to hop on and meet you or something. Their doors and go to some friends' houses. <laughs> it was as bad as that, and um, wow. I have even uh, friends, aunties, relation, uh, other people like deciding. Uh, my relationship with others for them not even for me it's for them hmm. so it, it, it it's it's quite that bad but as I, i'll tell you because of my self-awareness and my determination to forge ahead really helped me so that really like uh, helped me to give my gratitude to allah and say okay this is it but this phase is going to pass and so that you're going through because you need real real help you need good community that will understand you and understand what you're going through so because it's really tough out there i remember people that would tell me uh we've already said we're meeting or something like in fact the worst is that i missed a friend <laughs> that that and is the, sad it's sad, it's sad, and it became, uh, it's a painful experience, but then I, I, I took it out of my stride, like, it's Allah's way uh, of, of, you know, it's Allah's way of um, teaching me part of the process and make it easy. I keep relating everything and taking it back to her, but then that affected my mental health. I started questioning, I started questioning at a point, is it something I did? Is something I'm doing bad? But then I'll go back down and say okay this 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 and then see that it all revolves around that i'm not divorced to woman so and then yeah i just let it i'm like so it's not in your hands to control it hmm. that is and, very sad because you know when you mentioned that you were depressed you know i was going to ask that was it the divorce itself that made you depressed or was it the reaction and you know the aftermath you know everything that came at you after that um, whole um, scenario that made you depressed. But it no, seems like it's even... It's, 
aftermath. In fact, it is um not the aftermath from uh from like what really it's about or what has happened to me even during my stay in marriage, you know, mm-hmm. use and everything emotional abuse and all that. It's not. It's the aftermath from directly loved ones. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. imagine have um you have friends and you want to meet and uh, they tell you that you can meet them or they give you one excuse or the other and you know that that is the reason they are not mm. allowed in with you because of the fear of maybe you might influence them or what which influence okay. them like you could be a bad influence oh my goodness <laughs> i think uh, more than anything that broke me was that was that I I had friends I love and I lost them <laughs> but it's okay I fully fully lost them but that was the most painful experience for me mm. but yeah with time you yeah. get to understand and then that makes you a better person to be able to support others going through the process yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about that, sis. And I'm so sorry that you had to experience that. And um, it's quite heavy for me because I feel like I can't even imagine, um, God forbid, you know, maybe I go through a divorce or any of my closest friends go through a divorce. And it is at that moment I decide to, to, you know, abandon them. You know, I'm just like, God forbid that that happens to any one of us. That's quite horrific to think about because at the end of the day you need that support and you know it's just sad to to know that and it's not something that oh maybe it was because it was five years ago i think it's still stuff that happening um and no it's now that is happening now you know and then and they... i wonder why i wonder why because even in islam you know if you want to say okay because it's the religion they even the is, is islam doesn't say that you know you cannot get um divorced even you know what? some of the wives of the prophets wouldn't halal if it was something awful if it is if it was something not doable allah wouldn't make it halal he doesn't he says that he's not happy like he doesn't like it if when it happens yeah then it is also a means of an, an ease for another person. So why are we making it more difficult? We are making, we're, we're glorifying abuse more than no. the person gets. So somebody stays in abuse through my counseling. I have seen a lot of women come and, t- and they want me to say, get divorced. Go, go, leave your husband, leave your family. They want me to pronounce. They want them. you to say that. Yes, because they think I did it and I carried it so well. <laughs> I'm like, I can mm. to do that because I did. it's heavier than the way I, I carry it that you see. You're not even seeing what I am carrying. But then it is also a means of ease. Allah has given you an eye. So why don't we take the ease? It's not mm. a sentence. You understand? And then when yeah. you when you're persistent on it, you will now teach people uh, how to even treat you, even as a different woman. You will now show them, like my family, they have to be comfortable with me and accept that this is God and I'm living like this. 
and I'm not even remarrying until when I'm comfortable and I am sure this is what I want to do. Don't mind me. I'm, my, my, my marriage expiry date is going to be 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Is my deadline. I have to. I have to invite you. I should be twenty twenty two. Yes, so yes, so I want to show you. I want to show you. Inshallah, I'm more self-informed of the things I want and the kind of uh, things I can take from people. I'm so self-aware that me comes. Um, I I really take care of my mental health very well. That's even why I'm able to 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 help people when you say i'm yeah. here uh, those things i do around me are the things that help me to be able to help other people like travels mm. like taking tea being very unserious <laughs> i am actually serious <laughs> decisions you know like helping people like reaching out to people sending love to random people making connections very fruitful connections like the connections i have with you like all of mm-hmm. that um, what really makes me the person I am and what's giving me um, the ability to do the things I do with my NGO and other, you know, I also do businesses. Those are the yeah. things that make me. And I'm so focused. I am very goal focused. So those things drive me. And I really have a small circle. So mm-hmm. I am not crazy. I don't get denoted and noted in another place <laughs> yeah so my mental health is very important to me i got it so jealously and that makes things easier mashallah alhamdulillah i'm glad that you know you have gotten to this space um where you know you are more self-aware you are able to guard your mental health guard yourself um, which is a very beautiful space to be in because a lot of us are should i say we are reactive rather than proactive right we don't even know that you know these are some of the things that trigger us we don't know our triggers we don't know you know things that make us happy right and it takes a lot of work um to get to that point so alhamdulillah i'm happy that you know despite everything that you have been through um you are at this space and may allah keep you happy um may allah keep you joyous um yeah alhamdulillah for you i'm so happy for you Right, so uh, thank you again for sharing because I know that it's not an easy um, conversation to have. But yeah, we do need to start having these conversations. And I would just like to point out that as human beings, we need to do better um, because sometimes, you know, we feel like we don't know how we're going to react. But I think to a certain extent, if, I don't know, I don't think there's anything that can warrant you ostracizing someone because they decided to leave a relationship i don't know how that works in the minds of other people but that's your head hard right yeah (laughs) i can't i can't imagine it right so i I would let's all try to be better human beings right if there's nobody that anything cannot happen to it could be anything right there are so many issues even mental health issues people are getting you know, it, there's a lot of stigma around it. And, you know, let's just be kind to each other. Let's let's realize that, you know. That's why everybody's I'll say, go and go look for a therapist, counselor. I'm not saying it has to be me. Look for somebody mm-hmm. to help you discover who you are. You need to.
to know who you are because if you don't, mental health is very important. If you don't, this society, the world is going to drive you. So look for who you are and make informed choices. Because some, someone out there, you are wearing pink dresses. Someone out there is saying that you need a brown. Why is she wearing pink? Mm. You get my point? Yeah. So that is why you, everybody needs therapy. I'll tell you, go take it. Look for somebody that will help you write good self-affirmation. They, they mm. go a long way. Talking about therapy, so I know that I, I think that everybody in the world needs therapy. <laughs> as long as you're on this earth, I think that we need therapy. Even from like the things that are going on, you know, the the horrible things that are going on, even if you've been fine all through, like I feel like everybody needs therapy. But there's a problem that I have accessing therapies. Like on a normal day, a random person doesn't necessarily know where to look or, you know, I don't know, maybe because our health system is not that organized in Nigeria, but I personally, if I'm looking for a therapist, I don't know the first, you know, where to where to go to. Then I also have the the issue of I know that therapists are meant to be professional, but I do find that in Nigeria there's a thin line where people kind of mix their own personal, should I say, cultural beliefs with profession which shouldn't ideally be the case right so even finding so for me finding someone that looks like me that that has the same beliefs as i do right is very critical for someone like me so even finding those people is quite should i say critical and it's not just me i'm saying this because i've had this conversation with other people as well so that issue of finding people that can really understand where they're coming from is it is, is a big deal so do you have any um, insights on that? Can you shed any light on that? So where do I go to if I'm looking for a therapist, for example? And that is very, very important because sometimes, yeah, um, people just put it out there that, okay, there are coaches, there are therapies, there, there are a lot. I, I'm not saying a lot. We still don't have a number. Mm-hmm. I'll say... There are people that um, look for reviews, and um, why I am able to do a lot of this therapy thing for me is because I have gone through random, the most craziest. I think I, the most craziest experience in, in this world. I think mm-hmm. it's only you that I have not gone through trials when it comes to abuse, when it comes to divorce, when it comes to loss of a child, when it comes to polygamy when it comes to like because our life when it comes to self-development career and all that so you need to look for someone who can relate with what you're going through Mm -hmm. i'll tell you um i will always say if you're a black person please look for a black therapist we relate and understand our nature of problem more then you understand i'm not trying to be racial here <laughs> before i get yeah. i'll say in essence i'm saying look for somebody that understands what you're going through that you speak um the same language not language as in language yeah same pattern of experience because it makes mm-hmm. them easier to put themselves in your shoes 
for both of you to come i don't know yeah. if that sense like okay yes if you yeah. if you look for somebody um in another country and you tell the person that you are divorced because um, your husband's mother decided to um not to like you or something like that the person mm-hmm. might relate with that because in the place they'll be imagining what brings your husband's mother into this issue hmm. have a space because to them it's an intuition from an outsider why to us blacks <laughs> she's a yeah. key point of your marriage yeah do you get my point mm. so yes I, I get it I want to explain to somebody that there, there is sihir and all that black eye black magic and all that they'll say mm-hmm. they'll say yes but they will not see it and relate to you and connect you to allah or or what the religion even basically says about that no. yeah you're absolutely correct uh, so, so why maybe, am I- I think what I'm going to say is, please, if you are listening to this podcast and you are a therapist and you are, you know, you, you just please advertise yourself. Let's know more about you so that people can really find the help that they need um, because it's really a struggle. I've spoken to not just one, two or three sisters on this issue of, you know, finding someone that, you know, a therapist that can they can relate with, that can understand where they are coming from. Right. And um, yeah, it's a big deal. So for someone like me, if I'm looking for a therapist, I'm most likely looking for someone that is Muslim as well, because I know that we have shared experiences. There are some basic things that we both believe that, you know, it might make the maybe the process, the um, the therapy process easier. But it's just finding those people as well. That's the problem. But we'll keep searching. So please, if you have any, you know, anyone or if you know other therapists apart from sister Maryam here please shout yourself out let's know you so that people can really get the help that they need um inshallah inshallah all right all right so i think we're rounding up gradually this podcast i think this is the longest podcast that you know i've recorded so far <laughs> but yeah let's keep it going i knew that it was going to be you know a very heavy conversation but alhamdulillah so talking about, you know, I know that you are involved in a lot of things. So you have businesses, you have your nursing um, profession. I know you, you like politics. You're into like volunteering, NGO and all that, right? Why do you do it all? Because I know in this world that we are in, there's always the whole, you know, master of, um, what they call it now, that we should be a master of one, right? People want specialists. So how are you, why do you juggle it all? How are you able to juggle it all, right? How can you, how can someone that is like you, because I'm also like that, you know, I have multiple interests. How can we thrive in this type of world? I'm telling you, if you have 10 interests, please go for 10. Don't drop one for nine. Oh my goodness, don't let all these uh, specialists hear you say that though, because they will tell you that you cannot expend your energy in the same, uh, like, um, equally. So you should choose, you have to drop some. You know, I, um, I am a nurse by profession. That's, that's mm-hmm. the first thing I see. Mm-hmm. I run my NGO. 
very well, which has given a counseling center for women. And then we have a physical library. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm a businesswoman. I sell things and I make bread mm -hmm. and I make cereal. The finger millet cereal, health, healthy. And I do home care, nursing, and I do wow. selling on self development and um, self realization. I do trauma cancer too. And I help facilitate programs and I help organize programs as well. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> I touch a bit of politics. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'll tell you genuinely, you don't have to choose one. Honestly, all you need to do are all passion. I'll tell you how I channeled my passion. Why I have NGO is that um, it, it, it evolved from the lack. What I lacked, I lacked educational support. I lacked um, uh, trauma support when I was having my trauma. Lacked, um, there is a lot of lack I have. So through the um, NGO, it's to help give people kind of support, especially the less privileged. So that's where um, my NGO comes and is to help young adults and girls and women to actualize their dreams, giving them also voices through that yeah. by self-development, by advocacy and all that. That's what they Hmm. And I do it so well, and I put things into place so well. And my business, which is making Ofura and Tamba, the moment you put an order, I think it takes me less than 24 hours to get it to you, depending on your distance. Hmm. And even while I'm in the UK, I still do that. Yeah. So in as much as you are feeding your passion, you need extra sources of income in today's world but then there are things you are about it's more of the passion than the money so why i'm doing the nursing is that it gives me hands on to serve humanity well the business the business um uh, gives me room to have some money so that i'll fund the ngo because i've never received a grant or i've not it's self-funded so that's where the money comes from to fund the NGO. So I had to stay in, in nursing and do this business to be able to fund the NGO. So when you don't um, touch on this um, intellect, like, like gifts you're having, you cannot yeah. feed maybe one passion that you're passionate about. We all need money. You need money for everything. Yeah. If you want to journal, you need money. If you want mm -hmm. to um, travel, you need money. If you want to no. do support work, if you want to support a group, um, community service, you need money. So whatever mm -hmm. you need money. So without perching on this um, gifts that you're having, that financial yeah. support might not come. You need different sorts of income and outlets. So... I am saying that it's it's not something, and a lot of our passions, 
there are things a lot of things we do there are things out of passion oh i like this let me let me try it let me do it just for you and anchoring um podcast doesn't stop you from doing nisaba does it no no different definitely you can host um your podcast at times that Mm -hmm. you're and then you'll be fine and do nisaba another time I'm still running my NGO yeah. while I'm doing my MSc because I have people, a group of people that we work together. That I am still Brad and and my um, entrepreneurship program because yes, mm. I, I have um, people that I have taught. So that's yeah. where it comes in. Teach people so that there is um, distribution of labor. structure. Mm. Yes. Have a structure, it makes things easier. They'll be asking, How did you do it? I delegate, learn to delegate. You cannot carry any every wahala just because you want to glorify that you're a superwoman. Mm. Mm. So, if you need driver, please look for a driver. If you need car, please don't shamelessly say, If you have the finance, buy car. If you don't have, don't track, use transport. Mm. So, all things that works for you do it to make it easy then when you have a, a nice planned way of running things you see that you're doing 10 things at a time and you are not stretched or anything once i get tired i travel out of that i have to be saving to travel so i travel even if it is and um, let me say from vi to banana island <laughs> <laughs> it's something now at least you are changing your environment yes Yes, I think those are the places I can remember in Lagos. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Those are the big, big places. <laughs> oh, mashallah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've said a lot, and I, I agree with you um, absolutely. I, I had that. I think I had the challenge growing up of you know, thinking that I needed to choose one thing or I had to be one thing. You know, so you know, growing up now, your parents are just one thing. At least for me. And most of the people that were around me, you know, it's just like, okay, this is what they do. And this is it. That is all. There's no, you, there's no opportunity to do other things. You know, when they see you doing so many things, they're like, oh, you're scattered or something, right? So, I mean, it's refreshing to see that a lot of us are, are embracing our various passions. And, um, yeah, it's not everything that has to be monetized. Um, yeah, so some you just do them because you, you just love it. You know, and there's some that you do because I mean you need to make money, right? So and fund other things. So Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. I'm so glad that you know I'm in a better space in terms of my you know my various expressions as well. So so if you're listening to this, please feel free, as Sister Miriam said, feel free if you like 10 things, don't drop anything, go for all of them, you'll be fine. <laughs> Just make sure that you're able to create structures as you go along, teach other people and um, inshallah, Allah puts his barakah in, you know, every single one of them. Alright, well done sis. So I think we have gone a lot and I think we should just wrap up now. So the I know that I've not asked everything that I would have loved to ask, but I think you have shared so much with us already. So before you go, I would like to find out what, because I mean, this is the Radiant Woman podcast, right? So I would like to find out what living a radiant life means to you look for money radiant woman <laughs> <laughs> look for 
money. Oh no, it's not the money that I picked on this channel. <laughs> I want to. What I want to. There is a way that we glorify poverty, and then the Muslim community is like a dissent about um looking for money, business women, women in business. They don't want mm-hmm. to even out like we're looking for money it looks like you're looking for dunya mm. i'll still say it as it is being said that look for the dunya like you are not going to live it just like you look for akira like you're living the next second no you need finances no. to do um bakat finances to do a lot of good deeds you need finance and for every woman um Look for I'm saying halal finances. Look for, for sure. care of yourself. Do exercises. Drink a lot of water. Rest. 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 <laughs> because today there is no rest. When you need to pause, please pause. There is more to life and it's only one you. When you need to take a break, when things don't sit in your head, please pause. Take a deep breath before you continue. And mm. make sure you really drink from a cup before you empty it into an cup. Have a sauce mm. where you rejuvenate yourself. Mm. Is it drinking a cup of tea? Is it ice cream? I do a lot of ice cream, so don't mind me. I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I do a lot of ice cream. <laughs> Is it by taking ice cream? Is it a cup of tea that does for you? Is it um, just lying down? Is it just meditating? Is it calling a friend? Is it going on a gathering? Please take each day as, as it comes. You are not in a competition with anybody but yourself. No, no. All so right. You guys. Believe in Allah. Hold on to Allah, your prayers, your spirituality. It's hmm. the bedrock of everything. I'll say that again and again. Hmm. Mashallah, mashallah. So you guys heard it. You know, living radiantly is don't be shy to look for funds because you need funds to power a lot of things. So even the basic things that you need to do. So if you want to even go for hatch, you need money to go for hatch. If you want to pay your zakat, you, you know, if you want to contribute to your community, right, you need funds to do that. So don't be um, shy about it, right? Um, there's no, um, Allah didn't say that we shouldn't seek um, money, but of course we need to seek it in a halal manner and we should also have um, that balance, right? Rejuvenate yourself, rest, rest, rest. If you, um, when you do need to rest, find things that bring you joy, right? And um, hold on tight to Allah. I hope I wrapped that up nicely. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Yes, mashallah. So thank you, Jazakumullah Currencies, for joining me today. I have, you know, learned a lot from you and I've had a good conversation. I know with our tech wahala, but alhamdulillah, we are able to do this. Jazakumullah Karan. I know that you are currently doing your MSc. So I yeah. wish you all the best. I pray that, you know, it is Allah eases your affairs. I pray that it's... Um, it's a successful one and it's a beneficial endeavor for you both in this life and the hereafter, right? So if people want to reach out to you, where can they reach you? What's the easiest way? The easiest way is my um, IG. Okay. Yeah. 
beautiful okay, bottle so I'm going to Okay, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. So if you want to reach out to her, the best way is on IG, and I'm sure that you know she would be there. But yeah, Jazakallah, Karen. Thank you so much. I had fun, and um, yeah, we'll keep in touch definitely. Barakallah, fikum sis. Thank you. Salam alaikum. There you have it, my radiant ladies. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Thank you for listening again. Please, please, please subscribe to the podcast, share your reviews, rate the podcast, share with your family, friends, colleagues, you know, everyone that you think that would benefit from these conversations. Um, again, I write, my, I write a newsletter, a bi-weekly newsletter. If you would like to subscribe to it, please visit the show notes and you know you would get the link to subscribe to my newsletters. In those newsletters, I share my thoughts, my reflections on everything about life, so all the various spheres of life. If you also would like to follow us on Instagram, if you're already not following, please follow Nisaba at Instagram. That being said, I'll see you in the next episode. Be it Nila. Cheers.